Hello, Radio Free Brooklyn. It is 1 p.m. and you're listening to a new edition of Objection to the Rule. I'm Ori Givens, joined by host Deron Dalton from Talk Shit and Queer State of Mind. Hey, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing good. We are going to spend the next hour talking about all the crazy news and stuff that's been happening here in the United States and beyond. And let's get started. I love that. It's just so powerful. We're actually getting a new theme song that's going to be created for us very soon. Um, A very awesome band has written a wonderful song um, that is amazing. It is very much like this. You know, when we were coming up with this show, I was Uh like, I want a theme. I was, I was like, I was like, um, Barbara Walters. I'm like, I'd like to do a show (laughs) where different people get together and they talk about politics and they talk about social justice. Oh my God. But I wanted exactly it to have a theme that sounded like a combination between uh, John Williams, who's a famous composer. He does the NBC music. Oh, so, okay. like, he did oh, yeah. the Olympics and he does the AMC, oh, NBC okay. Nightly News. Um, so, he did all that music and Green Day, um, which is one of those very yes. punk, angry bands from, you know, the 90s, 2000s. And today, funny that, that's that really you very. You mentioned them. Yeah. I'm actually, ha- I have something in the works related to oh, yeah. Green Day. Yeah. So it's um it, that that's kind of the sound. So that that's our you know that's our our placeholder theme until we get our new theme, which is almost complete, and we'll be debuting that very soon. Oh my gosh, soon. I love that. So that's exciting. <laughs> so welcome to Objections to the Rule. This is the show where we talk about all the crazy shit that's happening here <laughs> in our country because there's always a lot of it Listen, every girl, day. You will always have a second show, honey, <laughs> honey. There is so as much going you on. <laughs> you know, the big issue this week is obviously the email. Um, which is funny because we have spent so much time over the past few weeks talking yeah. about emails. But this time, these emails were released specifically by Donald Trump Jr. And we're still trying to figure out why exactly these emails were released. But we're going to talk about that a little bit later. Um, but first, coming up, let's get to some of the news that's happening around the country. First of all, this is a kind of an interesting piece that we um, has discovered. They Trump, as you know, created an election commission basically oh, to investigate um wrongdoing in the election which is really funny because <laughs> <laughs> dude you won you won so like if you investigate wrongdoing in the election like it could possibly you know right come back to haunt you right and, and you investigate yourself right no no, no. <laughs> and he and he's trying to fire everybody that's investigating him but this commission really isn't going to going as planned. Earlier in the week, there nope. was news that there were a wide swath of emails that were uploaded to this public website, including public or including personal information, addresses, email addresses. And many critics are saying that it was really an attempt to suppress people speaking out because these were critiques. These were comments that the public sent to the government based on this election, you know, this so-called election commission or whatever. And, you know, the response is to people being worried about privacy is to violate people's privacy. Right. Like what, you know, trying to get into the mind of the people that are doing these things, like what possibly, what other reason could there be than to try to prevent people from standing up and rising up? Like, do you have another suggestion around? Do you think there's anything else that could be happening to girl? (laughs) <laughs> I don't even honestly I don't know. To me, it seems I mean it seems like they're basically you know, it's basically like those those 
publications that shame, right? We've heard about, you know, back in the day here in the U.S., they used to shame. They still do. You know, we have criminals. When we have criminals, we splash their plaster their pictures everywhere and people arrested Some for criminals. crimes. Some criminals. But we so we have this obsession kind of with that public shaming. And to me, right. it just seems like the government was trying to publicly shame these dissenters. Right. And what does that say? You know, I, I feel like that says something about the place that we're in. What right. does that say to you? Does that does that say something specifically to you about where we kind of are in America right now? Well, girl, you know how I feel about or maybe you don't. I don't know if I've ever talked to talk about this with you, but social media like mm-hmm. this is where most of the public shaming. Oh, it's called the Integrity Commission, by the way. Integrity oh, right, Commission. right. And I, I was reading that, and I was just like, I didn't even know it had that name. And I've, mm-hmm. you know, obviously, like, you know, I work at the Till, and I edit politics piece pieces sometimes. And I'm just like, that's what it's called. Mm-hmm. Why? Well, and it was a request from the administration for voter records. Right from every from fifty right. states, and that that backfired, right? Yeah, because uh, most most states, if not all, at this yeah, point, most right, states, yeah, we're like, we're like no, no, no. We're like no, and I was just like, you know, you never know these days what people will do, but I was, you know, happy that they were like, no, like we're not doing this. Well, and it makes no sense. Why would you want to know the voting records? What what would you? What would be the purpose of that? Now, surely, I guess you could run, you know, comparisons to see if people voted in different states. Mm-hmm. But so far, the only information that I've heard about that was actually Trump supporters voting in different states. There was one story where um, somebody voted twice in two different states, which is illegal. Um, and so I right. get that. But they, but the all of the data that we have says that this idea that our elections, you know, there's widespread voter fraud is is inaccurate it is very inaccurate but i think obviously it's just a technique to like get their hands on information so they can Mm -hmm. or to call question call into question the idea of the vote you know which is exactly is detrimental to a society like ours we already have no confidence in our vote we already believe that our vote doesn't equate to action so this just further disintegrates Mm -hmm. how we feel about this institution, uh, the electoral institution. Right. And it really doesn't help us at all, you know, because, you know, <laughs> just think about all the people that could have voted and should have voted so we wouldn't be in the predicament we're in right now. But also the shaming that those people even get. Because mm-hmm. we were like, you know, like, I, I was like, I understood. I was kind of neutral on this. I was mm-hmm. like, I understood why people were so upset after the election. Like, oh, if you didn't vote, I don't want to hear shit from you. But at the same time, it's just like people really do not believe in the 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 two party system that we have in place mm-hmm. and they have so many issues like this yeah. um that are problematic to them and that's the reason why they didn't vote and so I, I don't know i feel like hearing them is is very important as well so i yeah. mean like i was kind of in between cuz it's like it's unfortunate that not everybody who could have voted uh well you feel vote. You know, we look at other countries, right? And they have much higher, you know, if you look at other countries that are kind of on par, you look at Canada, you look at the, mm-hmm. they have higher voter turnout, typically, right. um, especially for larger elections. I think in the last Canadian election, there was like 80 something percent turnout mm-hmm. or something like that. I don't Aren't they a little bit statistic. more diverse with their politicians too? Well, they are. Their, their MPs are much more diverse and 
But they, they also have their problems. They're a product of colonialism, just like the United exactly. States is. Exactly. They might have like, like woven it together a little bit better. Right. But when you talk to Canadians, especially Canadians of color, right. they, they talk about the same issues that we have and right. to a larger degree because they don't have a lot of the systems and right. protections in place that we have fought for right. here in the United States. They didn't have a civil rights movement in right. Canada. They're working on that right. now. Right. And that's what I was going to say. It's, it, like, I know there's a Black Lives Matter Toronto. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So like, like we there's definitely movements that are developing there. Absolutely. But yeah. And they're fighting, you know, they don't, for example, I, I got to, I had the chance to interview some of the members of BLM Toronto when they did oh, okay. their pride demonstration last year. Okay. Um, and they shut down pride. And oh, yes, one yes, of yes. their big things is like, they don't collect, whereas we collect data on race mm. in the United States for pretty much everything. They do right. not in Canada. So for example, when um, a constable or a police officer arrests somebody, they do not take down the race of that person when when people apply to school um in canada they do not put their race and ethnicity so you know some people will probably look at that as being progressive but obviously it's no well it's it right they're trying to be colorblind about it right and you know another interesting they they have a you know the indigenous population the first nations population in canada is considered white and even though they're like they're they have the privilege of white? No, they don't they don't have the privilege, <laughs> okay. but they're counted among white people. And there's a separate you can indicate, like if you have First Nations ancestry, but it's not counted as the same. So there's all of this data that they mm-hmm. just don't have because they have not had the policies in place to collect them. They thought it, you know, kind of un-Canadian to do so. Right. And so now that's like kind it was of a strategy behind not well, doing that. Yeah. Well, it's, oh, it's, one. it's interesting that you don't, because if you look at, if you don't include the First Nations people mm-hmm. in the numbers for racialized minorities, which is the term that they use in Canada, um, you would see a different story about how many people are racialized in the country. Mm-hmm. You know, they're only focusing the numbers on, you know, black Canadians, um, Canadians that have immigrated right. um, from various different countries. Um, Asian Canadians, Pacific Islanders, things like that, and they, they you know, it's and it's just a different way of categorizing, right? And it's caused lots of visibility issues um, right. for you know Canadians of color, specifically Black Canadians. They still have the same issues with you know police brutality. They do um, that we have. They do. So it's it's kind of you know these these themes are prevalent, you know, anywhere where colonialism has touched, basically. Pretty much almost everywhere. 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 <laughs> everywhere. At this point, yeah. So another story that's kind of making the rounds in on the internet is about dress codes. And there have been a couple of dress code stories. There's an issue with Wimbledon and how they have to wear all white, which is really weird. And there have been many arguments on why it is. But I think the one that sticks most to me is because it's classist. We won't. We'll we'll, we'll dig into that later. But Mm -hmm. in D.C., in the Capitol building. There is a dress code that prevents women from wearing sleeveless shirts. It also what prevents oh, yeah. anyone from wearing sleeveless shirts. Men can't wear sleeveless shirts either. But specifically, you know, women have taken to this and kind of said, why are you governing what we can wear in our bodies? And the rule has been in place for a long time, but it's now being uh, followed, I guess. And more people are paying attention to it. There was a reporter that was asked to, like, cover herself up to continue her work in the Capitol. And it's just, you know, it's all of these little methods to keep people from getting the information that they need to get. Right. Like it's not about what a reporter wears. It's about that reporter being able to do the job that they need to do. Exactly. And this administrator needs, excuse me, administration needs many, many, many more reporters 
in all aspects of the government looking at what's happening. Right. So it seems to me that this is another way to prevent information from getting out. What are what are your thoughts on this policy? You know, that that is a good perspective. I, I have to agree with that. But also, you know, obviously sleeveless clothing, you know, like obviously. You, I mean, it was in the high 90s in D.C. right now. Right. In them buildings. Right, right, right. I mean, like that really doesn't affect men because, you know, like dress clothes for men really aren't sleeveless, I don't think. So it, it is something I feel like is, that's a yeah, direct... Yeah, you might have a sleeveless dress shirt, but right. you're also required to wear blazers if you're a man. So that would be covered up. Exactly. But I I do feel like, you know, like a lot of these systems, these these codes that are in place right. are, are direct well, it, um, attack on, you know, like women being able to, to dress the way they want. Well, let's talk about dress codes in general because mm-hmm. dress codes in general are used to enforce right. stereotypes. And, and they and definitely have different, you know, standards depending right. on the, the, the space. Exactly. For you men can, and women. There are clubs right here and bars here in Girl, New York City. I was thinking about it. That if you mm. don't have on the right clothes, which, right. you know, I get it. You want to maintain a certain look. Right. But... It's about what, you know, what are you really trying to say? Because I've seen these dress codes where it's like you can't have fitted hats, you can't have baggy clothes, you can't oh. wear jerseys, you can't wear tennis shoes, but you can wear flip flops maybe, or you can wear, you know, um, like different attire that maybe isn't marked to a certain group of people, mm. you know, but it's always seems when these these dress codes are enforced, it's really to specifically marginalize or separate out or segment out groups exactly. of people. And you know what really got me, girl, that when we went to that club that one time and they tried to make us check our jackets that we wanted to wear. Oh, yeah. I, I thought that's what you were, all of that. Exactly. I was thinking that about that exactly. last night. I had night. a tweet about that because that made no sense. We were trying to go to this club down in on like around Midtown. Right. Um, And we were wearing like... I don't even know. Like they we were, just came from a um, alumni event. Yeah, so we were dressed. We nice. were dressed nice. We, we had on like jackets right. because it was raining it outside. Was raining. And they want you to check your jacket. And I think there was like a ten dollar charge. It was something exorbitant just to give right. them the jacket to hold. And we were going up to a rooftop bar. And I get rooftop bars tend to be the most exclusive places. They try it with right. their rules. And this little Stupid. child tried to tell me. That, you know, I couldn't go in without the checking my jacket. And I'm just like, well, that doesn't make any sense to me. You no, know what got me is when you said, don't start shit with me. Oh, and yeah. He both, just said, yeah. We both. Yeah. We're like. Everything went left. It went him. left. Because we, you know, we always realize being black men mm-hmm. that we have to always act better than mm-hmm. everybody else. But they caught me on the wrong day. They. <laughs> Listen, I don't act better than I'm a petty ass. <laughs> they crossed me, me on the wrong. You crossed me. Well, and it was. The, and I'd be very strategic about it too. At the same time, but it, but in this particular instance, I was just like, you know what? In the, the day, he's just upset because he has a fucked up haircut. Well, right, he had a <laughs> fucked up haircut, and he had to work the door, and he really wanted to go upstairs. So sorry, girl. <laughs> sorry, girl. <laughs> Ain't my fault. <laughs> it is not my fault. So you know. I think back to this idea of these dress codes. Mm -hmm. It is really, you know, it's time that we stop putting these restrictions on people based on gender, this gender binary. Like, men should not be telling women what's acceptable to wear in 2017. Like, if woman wants to walk out wearing whatever, it could be a full-length gown or some coochie cutters and a bra, whatever. 
Right. Or, I mean, well, you can't say nothing because you can't walk around naked, but I wish you could. You should be able to. I don't understand, <laughs> you know, this idea, this this very puritanical idea that people have to maintain these standards of dress, which are only based in these classist ideas because Listen. not everybody can afford to dress the same way and dress the way that people expect you to dress. And people are going to judge you by the way that you dress, right. you know, so it it's only serves to perpetuate all of this bullshit that right. keeps us different girl you ain't never lied but mm. i do have to say that it does not matter what the fuck you have on because let me tell you mm. we both have two degrees speak it and for me in particular i can wear whatever the fuck i want to wear so i'm always it's the summertime so i'm wearing shorts mm-hmm. all summer unless it's like like on friday or something like that it was a super rainy day it was under it was like 69 70 degrees at some point so i was just like okay i'm wearing pants in a long sleeve shirt um, but I, I'm usually wearing sh- in shorts. It's very colorful. It's very color coordinated. Mm-hmm. I have this big ass sparkly hat on all the da- all the damn time. You do, and I walk up in there. We work every <laughs> damn morning, running pe- pe- shit, right? Well, Sashaying my ass on, you know, strutting my ass on. People telling me I look fierce because I do, and it it, it doesn't matter because it's like I I'm at the forefront. I'm visible in the work that I'm doing, mm-hmm. and that's what matters. I remember, so let me tell you about my history with people trying to enforce their just codes and their normativity on right. my body. Mm. It began at 15, right? Well, actually, Ooh. it began before that because, you know, as a young queer ingenue, you want to dress a certain way. Exactly. But society's like, no, no, you can't do that. You can't wear them tight pants. You can't wear that crop top. Right. You can't wear them heels. You can't wear that. You can't do them things. You can't the girls are bitch. lucky now. <laughs> the girls are lucky now that they have a little bit more fluidity. Doesn't mean they don't catch shit for it, but at least they do have a little bit more freedom. Right. You know, and then I get my first job at a movie theater, very large movie theater chain. <sighs> and this chain had a very specific dress code. Your nails had to be a certain length and manicured. If you were a woman, you had to have neutral colors or clear. Men could not have painted nails. If you were a man, you could not have earrings. Women could have one earring per ear. If you were a man, you had to have short hair or hair pulled back. If you were a woman, you were allowed to wear different store, you know, styles unless you were working with food. Um, you know, you had to wear black socks. One, the one, the thing that got me in trouble was my hair. So when I first started, I never dyed my hair. I didn't start dyeing my hair until I was 18. Bad idea. Don't do it. But anyway, I was young and stupid. So I started dyeing my hair and I had dyed it like platinum blonde one day. And I'm just like, well, you know, it's a natural color, mm-hmm. so I should be good because the the rule said I do want to see photos. Of natural that, colors. I don't know if there's any pictures of me with girl. Red you better hair. find some. There's there's <laughs> one on the internet of me with red hair. But now I used to, they used to call me Miss Slocum because I had so many hair colors. Listen, you Rihanna. But anyway, yeah, right, Disturbia. Anyway, so <laughs> you know, I were I remember going to going to work, my platinum ass hair, and I walk up the escalator, right, <laughs> giving it, bitch, giving it. My manager immediately just does the finger wave. Come on over here. He says, before you clock in, you need to go downstairs to the drugstore, get a pack of black hair dye and dye your hair in the bathroom before you start to work today. Oh, that that go buy a pack of dye and dye your hair. And I'm like, but what do you mean? My hair color is blonde. And that's a natural color. That's not your natural color. Like, but that ain't her natural color. That ain't her natural color. But what he was trying to say was it was not a natural color for you. Right. Now, I wish I had some pictures. You know, if we had the Internet back in the day, I would have Googled these pictures of many, many people, my complexion with natural blonde hair. But 
this was a different day. This was 2001. This was 2002. So these dress codes, and the same thing happened to me in school. I was hosting a talk show. It was a Black Affairs talk show. And I went in to tape also with the same hair. And, well, different different blonde, but... Right. And my producer, who was a, a young black man, was like, you can't have that hair. What are people going to think if you have that hair? You can't do this show with blonde hair. And in order to host my talk show, I had to go dye my hair again. So, you know, there's always been, in order to... It's, it's about conforming. These dress codes are about conforming. And some people have to do a lot more to conform than exactly. others. It's like, you know, the whole argument about natural hair. Mm-hmm. Now, white people get to wear their natural hair all the time, everywhere. Right. But black people have to have, you know, your hair has to be cut and manicured a certain way. It has to, you know, it can't be too wild. It can't be too colorful. It can't, you know, it, and all of these different rules on black bodies, on it minority has to bodies. fit the Eurocentric, Euro, I'm sorry, Eurocentric Aesthetics. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why, you know, most of us is going bald trying to fit them damn aesthetics. Anyway, so moving on here in New York City, as you know, we have laws that are now being modeled around the country that give us information about the food that we're eating when we go to restaurants. So when you go to fast food places or go to, you know, a restaurant to sit down and eat, you're going to see the calorie content. You're going to see if it's high sodium. You're going to see if it's high fat. You're going to get more information to make healthy decisions about what you're eating. Right. But there's a group of people, a group of restaurants, um, advocates that don't really want this law to go through. And this is actually an expansion of the law to include additional businesses like convenience stores, for instance. So the place that you get your deli, you know, ostensibly could fall under this law. And so we have these associations that are like, no, they should, we have to wait for the federal government to implement this law. Now, New York City really ain't waited for the federal government to do a damn thing. Right. So, (laughs) in fact, New York City usually tells the federal government what the fuck they gonna do. Right. So, I don't understand. It it seems like this is just, you know, corporate activism trying to, you know, prevent people from getting the information that they need. I don't see any benefit to this lawsuit. Me neither. And I read it a few times because we're talking about you know, the government and we're talking about New York City. So I was just like, where's the catch? What are they? What is mm-hmm. the government in New York City doing wrong? Um, but I was just like, this is actually something that I feel like could benefit New Yorkers and wherever it's being implemented, um, benefit people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, like at the end of the day, people are going to still eat what the fuck they want to eat. Right. But this at least um, gives them more information and hopefully it will present more op- healthier options to people. I have to admit, when I see that high sodium you know, a little salt shaker next to the food, or I see right. that my meal is going to be like 50, 60% of my total caloric daily value. Right. I think twice about it. Now I might still eat it, <laughs> but I think about it, you know, I might still get that Popeye's, but at least I know. Right. You and I not... can make better choices in along the, future. the day, in the, in the you know, future, and like... I think that's, it's information, right? We have been consuming all of this food for so long without knowing. And now right. we have an obesity problem. We have higher than normal rates of cancer. We have higher than normal rates of diabetes, Beaties. hypertension, mm-hmm. all these things that are caused by the things that we put in our bodies. bodies. Yep. So it, it, you know, why, you know, I, the only reason is because it protects profitability. And we have to stop doing things that hurt people right. to protect profitability. Because there's other ways to profit. There are other I, ways. To profit. I feel like there's always going to be a way to profit. Well, and we know that is in favor of people. Exactly, but we know that it's the the you know companies are going to take the cheapest, most cost effective way exactly. to do anything, and usually that means that we lose. Right. 
That's that's the exactly. bottom line. That's exactly what it is. So let's play some music because we've been talking here for a little bit of time. Um, we got a couple of protest songs for you. You oh, know, we like yes. this is how we like to do it here on Objection to the Rule. Make sure we are going to be launching our website here soon so you can get all of our previous shows. But in the meantime, you can check out all the shows that we have on Radio Free Brooklyn at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org. And while you're there, make sure to click on the big green pledge button. Throw us a few coins to help keep us on the air. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll be back on Objection to the Rule on Radio Free Brooklyn in just a moment. Don't you know 
talking about a revolution sounds Don't you know how talking about a revolution sounds like a whisper While they're standing in the welfare lines Crying at the doorsteps of those armies of salvation Wasting time in the unemployment lines Sitting around waiting for a promotion Don't you know talking about a revolution sounds Gonna rise up and get their share. Poor people gonna rise up and take what's there. Stop 
Listening to Objection to the Rule on Radio Free Brooklyn. We heard Get Up, Stand Up by Bob Marley and the Whalers. We heard Talking About a Revolution with Tracy Chapman. I love her. Yes, and I love we heard that song. Make a Great Make America Great Again by Pussy Riot. I didn't even know about that song. I just Neither discovered it today when we was looking for the music. I'm like, really? I'm here for Pussy Riot. Right. This is the first time I've heard it yes. too. I'm gonna be listening to it. Yes. On Spotify. Yes. Stop killing black children. Yes. yes, please. Thank you. So we're here <sighs> talking about <sighs> His ass. You know. Or their asses. They asses. They asses. Mm-hmm. Basically, I'm going to just start calling them the Lannisters. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. You need to do, you need to read the, um, and I'm going to pull it up right <laughs> now, because my amazing um, co-worker, the politics editor, because I know you went through and liked some of like, the politics. Yeah. Pieces, she wrote this piece um, about Game of Thrones. Whew. Okay. Are American politics worse than they are on Game of Thrones? What was the vote? Uh, well, it's, it's, it, it was just re-upped because okay. the show's premiering tonight. And so the debate is open for the next um, 19, 18 days. Yes. So vote. Place yes, vote. vote. Till.com. Get yes. There. Vote. Yes. 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 So, but it's it's funny. You know, I've started just watching Game of Thrones. and I haven't even started, but I knew you were talking about Game Yeah, and it's just like, <laughs> if you don't know, they're one of the controlling families. And it's just, I, I, I don't know a lot about the show because I'm still watching it. But they just do some heinous ass shit. They do. Heinous ass shit and that's what i feel like is going on right now because with this email controversy you might remember Mm -hmm. back during the election we had an email controversy that was just about where emails were stored and if they were stored properly or if they were on a classified server that ain't nothing compared to this email debacle where people are alleging that donald j trump jr donald trump jr has colluded with the Russian government in order to obtain information that could benefit his father's campaign in the election. Now, the campaign or the the administration is saying that this was just a routine meeting um, between people and there was no collusion. They didn't give him any information. But the intent is really what's key. And they're talking, meaning the intent of what the meeting was supposed to be about. According to the emails, it seems like they were going to obtain some information right. that could prove beneficial. They did not get any information, you know, mm-hmm. to the everybody that was involved said from the, the lawyer that's supposed to have the Kremlin connection to Donald Trump Jr. himself to Donald Trump. All of them say that it was it was just this meeting. But if you're going to meet with, first of all, if you're involved in a campaign. Right. And, you know, the laws are very clear. Right. About meeting with foreign representatives. Right. Why would you then do that for any reason? Right. You know, second of all, you know that there's already been a lot of talk about Russian involvement, even during that part of the election. So you're then going to do things which would, even if it didn't, even if it isn't, you know, collusion or there's an official name for the charge, but even if it is not trying to work with this foreign government, it still doesn't look very good. It doesn't. And I feel because like it's not. It's not. You know, so and that's that's kind of where where we are, is that even if there isn't anything there, it it just doesn't look very presidential. 
You know, it's just it's not. Do like, we? Does he ever look presidential? What do you think we're going to need to hear as a people to finally say this is not the leadership that we want as a people? And I feel like there are more and more people joining that chorus, right? But there are still many, many people that are not. Listen, I, you just used the word heinous, and I feel like it's going to take Donald Trump and his administration to do some like super heinous shit for people. To fully get on board and still I feel like there still won't be as everyone won't be on board even when he does do that I mean he has been doing that but I mean like he, he, he literally has to to take it up a notch which I feel like he will unfortunately will um and so I girl I don't I don't know at this point because I'm just I'm like I'm hoping I'm hoping that something like you we were talking about the smoking gun I just hope that someone is held accountable I hope that Trump is held accountable mm-hmm. sooner rather than later, but it, it seems never ending. It seems never ending. And we if you are talking, there's a let's let me put it this way: there's a new layer added on week after week after week after yeah. week, and we're talking about the next layer every damn week. Well, and you'd be thinking mm-hmm. that okay, this is it. Well, and if you you tie it all together and you think about the the war on the press that we've been talking about this right. this war against alternative facts and this war to restore the perception of integrity of journalism and journalists are out there doing amazing work digging through all of this right you know digging through all of these different relationships these emails following the money mm-hmm. and if you anything's know, great again is journalism if anything is great again is journalism <laughs> yes god but i think it's really important that we understand that the it's only going to be we're, we're only really at the tip i think of finding out all the different dealings that happen right. in order for this to manifest. It's either going to be something from, like, he's already done or something he's going to do. Something. That's hopefully, well, unfortunately, so- but hopefully will will get people on board and it, that will be enough for people to be like, okay, this is, this is, this is enough. Well, and it looks, you know, it's like who else is involved? Cause there's obviously the discussion of if something does, you know, then the past week there were formal articles of impeachment right. filed by some democratic right. legislators mm-hmm. um, that does have to be approved by the, you know, house. And so it, it doesn't look like it's necessarily going to go anywhere right, right now, but the process has been started. And we don't know who is involved in all of these different acts. Right. You know, if they're, you know, how many levels of the administration are involved, how yes. many levels of the campaign were involved. And so a lot more people could be implicated right. in wrongdoing. Shit show. It, could, it could turn out to be a shit show. Yeah. And what, and what happens when that when that does happen? Like, um, like because we still will have a Republican president, right? Mm-hmm. Well, we'll still, you know, the line of succession, right. you know, goes through various parts right. of the... Uh, right. I'm sure they're all Republican. Right, and they're all Republican. You know? So, so still, it's, it's like, it's it, it goes, I think it's, it's you know, President, Vice President, Speaker of the House, I think. So it yeah. would be Mike Pence and then Paul Ryan, and we don't want either of those. We don't. You know? We don't. So uh, it, it doesn't what I'm saying, like, what get if, better. What if any of these people are involved, and then what? Like, it just keeps going down well, that That's the crazy... <laughs> who knows... Who is involved? This is going to be a shit show. I think one of the things that we wanted, we want to, we want to really dig into this. We're going to try to find some people to explore the the dynamics and what this could mean on a later edition of Objects to the Rule because it's just so deep. It is so deep, so thick. It almost, yeah, it basically deserves its own episode or two. It does, or three. It does, or three (laughs) for sure. So let's get to some New York City news Um, because all kinds of things are happening here in New York City. Uh, We talked about the menu issue, but 
One thing that's been on the minds of most New Yorkers is transit. I had to pop on that. Yeah, sorry, on you know, we, we, we love, hate the MTA. Mostly hate. Sometimes Girl, what's, you better not put the word love. No, uh, sometimes, you know, some, hey, you know, let's be, I'm going to keep it real. You know, I can catch two buses, 40 minutes from my house and get to the beach. That's wonderful. I appreciate it. <laughs> but can we that. say hate love? Hate, oh yeah. Hate relationship <laughs> with the MTA and the hate Atlantic like. wrote, yeah, this hate accept, hate tolerate. The... Atlantic wrote an interesting piece titled Mm -hmm. The Awful Decline of the New York City Subway System. So we talked a little bit about it last week um, containing the summer of hell, which really is focused on regional transit. So New Jersey Transit, LIRR, and Amtrak. MTA is a part of the same system, essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, They're all a part of a confederation between city, state, officials in various locales. Um, And so there's not one creature that's specifically responsible, but it is technically New York State. It's not a city-run infrastructure. It is a state-run infrastructure, Um, just like our bridges, our tolls, our waterways, for the most part. So, you know, we've had fare hikes. We've had service changes. And now they're saying we need all this more money to fix our infrastructure, which is literally falling apart. They've reinstated Joe Loda um, as the commissioner of the MTA. And now we are facing this, these upgrades that could take decades to get the system up to where it handles the volume of writers and the traffic. Right. What we going to do, Craig? What we going to do? Like, I don't <laughs> understand how, you know, I don't drive here. I don't have a car. I would not right. drive a car here because I'm scared because y'all crazy. Right, y'all crazy. So I'm not trying to put my life in danger. And it's only so many promos right. that Uber or Lyft or whatever you use right. give you. Ubering and lifting is expensive. It, it taxes is. your paycheck. It really, hunty. listen, we were talking about, we've been talking about my finances a lot on Talk Shit. Right. And it basically comes down to, like, I'm always going to spend money on food, so that's just not the mm-hmm. issue. <laughs> But it comes down to like Ubering and lifting, just taking cabs every fucking way because yeah. it's just like it gets to a point where it's like, okay, this is gonna be much more convenient for me. You do a whole like, uh, like a like an analysis in right. your head you based do. on where you gotta go. Adrian when will tell you because I'm usually with her uh-huh. and I spend like a half an hour. What is the best going way? back and right? And well, she's like, you're gonna settle on the damn cab. Mm, <laughs> yeah, like, I know you're like. I was like, no, I'm gonna take the, I'm gonna take the MTA today, girl. She's like, no, you're not. I am a I, I when I get to a certain level, you know, I've been out having a good time. Yes, that's that what I get to a certain level. I'm taking a cab home because right. ain't nothing like waking up on a subway where you don't know where you at. Right. So I try to avoid or just that. Waiting or when just you're waiting drunk. when you're drunk. Oh my it's gosh, higher, there is and no, it's hot. And it's hot. Oh yeah, not in the summer because you be in the summer <laughs> underground. It'd be like 200 degrees, and you didn't had you didn't got your life on the patio with some cocktails, bitch. You'd be ready to. You'd be like one of those those um, signs they got. You feeling ill? You holding on to the pole and shit. No, I can't. I can't Underwear, <laughs> underwear be soaked. Just, just from Drenched. like stand, just standing there, Drenched. haven't done anything just from standing there. But you know, back Damn. to the back to the MTA. They're saying that it could need as much as twenty billion dollars to fix. And it, it will, it, girl. And you know it. Listen. With that $20 billion, you know it's not going to fully be fixed. No. Because the MTA is never fully together. No, no. That nice queue line's working well. Going, you are going up to the Upper East Side, but, you know. Uh, 
Girl, that's the only one. <laughs> you're right. You Girl, tra- you're right. right. They didn't took away all our, our trains going down to Flatbush. Listen. We got one train running local, girl. And <laughs> and the one friend we have that live in that area, it's like, it's almost it's almost convenient to go see her because it's just like, especially if I'm coming from work because it's just like, I can just hop on this one train, uh-huh. walk for like maybe five to 10 minutes and be good. I think, you know, one of the big things is that we... We have to figure out a funding model. We have to figure out how to get the funds that we need without putting the burden on the riders. Right. Like you just can't have avoid. a huge burden. What is even the what is the 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 monthly pass? One thirty one, I think. Bitch, you lying? No, that's why they take out so much in my. Is that why they take out so much? Yeah, money? yeah. If you got the transit, pass. yes, girl. I got wage work because you don't, I don't even, even know anymore. Well, they and it's um. Like even if you get pre-tax, you can only get like two hundred. You get two hundred fifty-five dollars a month. I think you can do pre-tax. Mm, so if you're yeah. an LIRR rider or a Metro North rider, that oh yeah, cover you're, it. yeah, you're right. You have to pay for. Something. Um, yeah, that's but true. yeah, I do they, know that. it's mm-hmm. so you know it's a lot of money. Transit is a lot of money. It really and is. Most New Yorkers that depend on the subway systems, like you know, me, that's going like to affect you. them. Yeah, yeah, like us people that de- it's going to affect that extra. I don't have a license, even girl. an extra quarter per ride. It does. People. It really does. Like, you I know, remember. Can you imagine the revolt when, when the subway fares gets to $3? Bitch. Because I feel like they're waiting. Like, they, they right. know they have done things right. to, like, not hit $3. Mm-hmm. And But it's coming. We right. know it's coming. And so I, I it's like we keep on putting more money into it, but it's declining. Right. But here's the thing. Remember, like, five, six years ago, I'm not sure if you ever visited New York City or was even living in New York City yeah. at the time. Uh, in 2011, when I was interning here, I remember subway pass was like ninety seven dollars. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, I want to go back to the ninety seven, uh-huh. and that's still a lot of money. Girl, back in the still. day, you remember when you could get that three day pass, girl? Yeah, that three day pass was everything because you know you really I only do shit on the weekends. Right. So you get that three day pass, and you be lit. No, they got rid of that shit. Like no, because I, I was I was looking for a certain type of pass, and that must have been what I it was, was a looking for. Pass. No, they kept like, the I seven day pass. I don't need they, a seven day no. pass. I was just like, I just need a few days. Right. You and just I need a few keep, days. And I don't want to keep putting money on this because I want it to be unlimited. I mm-hmm. know how I am. Because you know. don't know. You might need to catch a few trains exactly. to get to where you're going. Or you bar hopping sucks. and stuff. And I'm that bitch who will um, call you out if you are constantly refilling your card. Uh-huh. I, am, I am that oh. girl. Oh. So I don't want to ever be that girl because I will call you out. Like, really? We finna miss this train. <laughs> with your ass. There is nothing like having to refill your car when a train come in. You just hurrying up. You like trying to put in your numbers and shit. The worst is when you're going to work. You got to refill your car. Oh, Ugh. yes, Listen. yes, yes. Oh, my gosh. So I don't know what we going to do about the MTA, y'all, because right. it's, you know, it, I, I just don't see it getting any better. Until we figure out how to better fund the system. Right. That doesn't, again, put the burden on New Yorkers who need it for getting to work every day. Charge the tourists, actually. (laughs) Well, and that was why, you know, that was why the three-day pass was good. Because you could, that was good for people. But then again, it doesn't make money. Because if you have the tourists that are there for the weekend, Mm -hmm. they're going to buy those extra subway fares. And then probably not use them. Or they'll buy a seven-day pass and only use a few days of it. You know, so I guess the MTA is probably making more money on that. Right. That's probably why they got rid of it. Right. Shadies. Now, so, in other MTA news. (sighs) There was a story posted in the New York Post that, have you ever been on a, a you don't ride the buses very often. I don't. Uh, unless I'm with somebody. Unless you're with somebody I was with that Miss Say do yesterday on the bus. On the bus. So she doesn't ride. I ride the buses pretty often. And sometimes you're afraid that your bus is going to get in an accident. It is possible. It happens. Listen. Um, 
And one time, I remember being on a bus and we narrowly missed somebody. Like we uh, we narrowly missed a biker. Like, cause they, you know, just just it's usually bus. the bikers. You know, like I was, I, I don't know how true the story is. I haven't done mm-hmm. my own research, but apparently, a biker in like maybe Midtown or Upper East Side, I don't know where it was, was ran over by the bus, and the bus driver would not move the bus to where it. He wouldn't get, he wouldn't get off the particular bicyclist, mm-hmm. and because of that, the bicyclist died, and people were trying to like literally lift the bus off mm-hmm. of the person. Supposedly, that's the story I was told by by an Uber driver. Mm. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> girl, all circle back around, <laughs> all goes back around. So this story talks about how whenever there is a bus crash, there is a group of MTA employees that allegedly go out and kind of fix the situation. So they'll go out in a group and they'll att- go to the site and they'll take pictures, they'll document things, they'll interview witnesses. Um, but the allegation in this lawsuit says that they'll fix. Um, that they're allegedly not providing all the information to law enforcement or law authorities, and they are not providing information that could paint them as negligent. Um, So there was a suit that um, the jury found that the MTA was negligent in a a crash, um, that they had allegedly attempted to cover up by not providing all the witness statements um, that were um, involved in the crash. And the MTA has denied that allegation, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but a jury found them guilty of 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 negligence in this case. Um, and it's important that if they, you know, the, the juries can only act on the information that they're presented. Right. So it is really interesting that a a body, which is essentially like it's it's not it's a governmental agency, but it's not really. It has its own interests. It's going out and essentially acting as the first responders on a scene. You know, and this article even talks about sometimes it's before police and EMS get there. So, you know, do you think that the MTA should be that involved when there's a crash or should they step back and let Clearly the authorities not. do their jobs? <laughs> Clearly. Clearly. <laughs> Clearly not. not. Like that, that, that whole body, that whole system is so they are not held accountable, I feel like. I mean, it, I mean, I guess I can kind of sort of see how it could help people but in theory but in practice Mm -hmm. like you just said no Mm -hmm. so in this suit specifically they said that there was missing and faulty evidence including that there were no mta photos that showed where the bus stopped after the crash um the 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 mta testified that it careened across two southbound lanes but a diagram suggested that it stayed in northbound lanes and photos showed that it was in different spots indicating that they might have moved the bus according to Gunsberg who was the attorney that Listen, filed the lawsuit see. um the investigators took statements from all or most of the 14 bus passengers including five at the hospital but only produced the statement of the MTA investigator not any of the witnesses and then the Santiago who is another um official investigator testified a colleague downloaded a black box like device which recorded, you know, information about the bus traveling and things like that, but never provided the information to um, courts. So we're looking at all of these those instances, and you know, again, they they've got an, there's a, it sounds like there's a lot of image problems right now that that right. the MTA has to keep a handle on. So, I, you know, it's it makes it so much more important the vigilance of of groups of journalists of people that are holding these institutions accountable because they we know that they're not going to act in their best interest. Um and and you know, again, we we understand that these are these are allegations. Um so we can't know for sure, but understanding that this, you know, they they do have you know, money to protect. It's very costly 
to pay out for accidents. You know, it, it seems like something is up. Definitely. Right. So we know that it's expensive here in New York. In Brooklyn, it's getting more expensive to buy a home. The average price <sighs> to buy I read that is above one or is close to hitting one million dollars. Who can afford that? So and a townhouse who? is one point one. You know who? You know who? People working in high tech, people working in finance, people, people working in real estate. People who don't have that much melanin. Yeah, melanin deficient people. Well, that's not true. That's not true because there are some there's some rich people of color. Right. No, 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 no. You're, you're, right, you're right. And honestly, honestly, a lot of a lot of these really wealthier places are being bought by foreign um, like foreign um, children of, of foreign rich people. So right. like Chinese rich and like UAE and stuff like that. Listen. So there's a lot of investment from from foreign countries um, in a lot of these properties, especially the ones that are more expensive. I always said I needed more um, rich friends. Yeah, I actually right. don't have any. I know. <laughs> All my friends are journalists. Right. We need none of us Hard, rich. Right. Hardworking, broke asses. So it's like, you know, what it, I'm curious because for me, you know, thinking about like, living in New York for the rest of my life and, you know, you know, really establishing roots here and all that stuff. And it's like, eventually I'll probably want to buy something. Like I don't want to live this like bouncing apartment life, you know, dealing with stuff. Like I want, I want to have my own space, but Unless it becomes one of those situations when you're in a really nice apartment and it becomes cheaper and cheaper. Yeah, yeah, that time. that type of thing. But, but they, I think that time is gone right. pretty much. They, they don't have those rent stabilized right. places. Like you gotta right. go. They try to push your ass out after one year. Uh huh. And I, it's you know, but I can't imagine like what job would I have to have to be able to afford one point one million dollars for a condo? Be a prostitute. Something. Like, Girl, it, you can make good money off of that. I can see you. No, you can. You really can. <laughs> Girls be paying all their bills and then some. Right. But it's it's just, it talked this idea about affordable housing. And one of the Blasio's big things has been about affordable housing. Right. But, you know, affordable housing is really a misnomer because it's all about what afford what you can afford is based on yourself, your income, your means. And what's affordable for some is not necessarily going to be affordable for others. And that's this whole debate. So it's about making things available at various different levels. But, you know, obviously, if you have more money, you have more clout, then you're going to be able to get the nicer places. Right. You know, it's like your money determines what type of life you can have, which we we very much know. Um, It just says a lot that a place where there are diverse classes of people, groups of people, varying levels of income, you know, we're going to see more price outs. We're going to see more, you know, turnover or gentrification because this is not stopping. It's not going down. And as more properties and get where bought, where do the people that were living there go next? Farther I out, farther away. That. Farther away. Until those places are gentrified. And then mm-hmm. where? And then where? Do you move to Jersey? They're, they're trying to gentrify or everywhere. You, you know, they the try to rebrand. Um, I don't even remember the name because it was so fucking ridiculous. They try to rebrand um, parts of Harlem. Oh, as Soha. Yeah, so we didn't. We didn't talk about that, and right. we, we, yeah, we did not talk about that. Fortunately, um, this was, a, and actually, this this article from Curb is also from a Douglas Elliman piece, and Douglas Elliman was the the real estate agency that they named their team that was placed in um, that part of Harlem the Soha team, and so then it kind of caught up, and people were kind of using it as a quirky branding term and residents and officials in Harlem were like, hold up, wait a minute. Y'all not finna do this here. And, you know, it's, it was an effort to 
change the viewpoint of the neighborhood. You know, just like we all these you know, neighborhoods get made up and they're 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 ways to change the perception of an area. You know, I'm sorry, I have to say, I guess this, I can just I can just hear some basic white girl just calling like so I live in so hot. I live in so hot. Yeah. yeah. Well and I think that that's that's exactly right. what they want. They want the people that are coming in that are gonna spend three thousand dollars a month right. on an apartment that are going to want all of those amenities that are gonna that. think so hot is cute, but Harlem is just too, I don't know, urban. Urban, yeah. That would be the nice way that they would say it. Underdeveloped. Underdeveloped. Which is, yeah. They're just, it is, there's a lot of shit. I'm, there's a lot of shit in Harlem. Listen, I, I might, it. I might ignorant, I might be ignorant in the sense of like, I would argue that Harlem might have, might have more um, history than any other place in New York City. I mean, well, I think that there's rich histories all over. Right, but right. But Harlem's just... legacy is global. Right. That's there's true. like New York That's City the and then there's Brooklyn. People know Brooklyn around the world. People know the fantasy of what New York City is. Yeah, they know that. Because like, when you Harlem move here, is Harlem. Harlem is Harlem. Right. But, even, but it's funny, though, because what gets exported about Harlem mm-hmm. is not what Harlem is right now. Right. Like, that's not, that's not the place that it is. And I think that we're working with different perspectives of of Harlem right now and right. Harlem has changed you know it has changed it, it is still changing. has a lot of the same things that made Harlem great right. and makes it continue to be great but it it did change and it did shift right. and i think that's where we are right now as we're in that that place of shift as many neighborhoods are going through but you should always go to the community and ask the community what they want right. you know and they did not want soha <laughs> they did not <laughs> they did not want it at no. all no. So, girl, it's end of our show. We are right at the end of Whew. Objection to the Rule. Thank you all so much for listening. We appreciate you. You can check us out on social media. Once we get our social media up, we're at Objection Free BK. <laughs> <laughs> Objection to the Rule BK on Facebook. Thanks so much for listening. We will see you again next week. What is Love is coming up next right here on Radio Free Brooklyn. Talk yes, to you soon. Bye. Bye.